Welcome to A Woman's Brew, where women talk about beer. In this episode, we are honoured to be joined by Jane from Mothership, who we think has a very similar ethos to us. I'm Joanne, and this is Tori. Hello! And we are two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us! Uh, oh my goodness, we are in the same room. Are we? We are in the same room. We're not <laughs> on different screens. If you're watching the video, you would have figured this out by yes. now. But um, yeah, we're in the same room. We are why, in the same room. Why, why are we in the same room, Joe? Because um, I've sneakily come up to Reading to, to be taken to Siren, obviously. As, as you do. I mean, you went to Elusive as well, wasn't we you? We did, Simon? yeah, we did. We came home with a few beers. Just, just, a few. just a few, not not too many. No, not um, many. We may have organised some more podcast episodes while we were there. It's all good, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, yeah, on, on, for more, on for more drinks this evening. Yes. But before, beforehand, we've got drinking to do today. But before we go on to our drinking, we have an interview for you. Yes, we have been lucky enough to meet with Jane from Mothership. They are a woman-owned uh, and women-brewed beer. Um, and we wanted to talk to Jane because not only do they make delicious beer that if you haven't tried, please seek out at least the American Pale Ale because that is delicious. Well, the hashtag bring back the brute. Right. Yeah. So, so, um, never mind, uh, Bipper comeback. We're on brute comeback, brute comeback. <laughs> over here. Brute we think, comeback. yeah, we think Jane is down for that. Um, if you haven't tried the beer, go try it. But also they have an amazing ethos. Um, and they regularly do charity beers supporting really worthwhile causes. Their current beer is Text Me When You're Home as a women-led podcast. Uh, this is very important to us because how many times, ladies, female-identifying listeners, have you said to your friends, text me when you get home? It is something that we always say. Um, so this is something that we discussed with Jane in our interview which you'll hear in a minute which you'll hear in a minute um it is coming up we hope you enjoy it so we are very honored this evening to have jane from mothership hello how are you i'm very well thank you thank you for joining us glad you could fit us into your busy schedule appreciate (laughs) it thank you for having me (laughs) you're welcome um so if people don't know who mothership are um can you give us your little elevator pitch who are you and why should we know who you are Okay, well, um, Mothership are a female-led beer collective, um, and our mission is to champion women, uh, women in beer, women out of beer, women who make beer, women who sell beer, women who drink beer. Um, we uh, we kind of work to raise the profile of, of women, that beer is a drink for everybody, um, and it doesn't discriminate, we don't discriminate, um, and yeah, we love beer. Amazing. Just, just wanted to do a big like preach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I just I, I just think mothership like is everything that we're trying to do as well. Like our ethos is are so aligned. And I started my women's brew ca- account probably just after you guys started on Instagram and I was having a look to see. And I remember seeing your stuff and going, This is it. This is this is the beer that I want to drink and I want to follow. And I just are if if anyone hasn't followed Mothership's Instagram account, 
please go and do it in a minute when you finish listening to this episode <laughs> don't go do it now because we want you to keep listening but um just you champion women in the industry there's so much uh, great information that you put out there like I just love it it's so good we we, we uh, try to be very kind of positive in everything we do and it's um it's a real kind of empowering mission that we have and uh we try to reflect that in in everything we do in our social media in our beer in our kind of all of our communications and and yeah our lives generally as well I, I couldn't believe that you started was it like in 2019 that you started just before 2019 yeah yeah I, I, literally I ca- it feels like I feel like I I remember getting your beer like repeatedly from Tesco getting the Bruce IPA and being like I, I like this label this label looks really nice and then not even realizing the whole like female aspect to it until after I got it home and then I was like this tastes really nice and this is amazing and then just every time I'd go to Tesco I'd be like I'm gonna get some more I'm gonna get some more and then one day I couldn't find it anymore and I was devastated like, oh, I was no. like, oh my god it's gone what is happening she, loved, and it, she loves a brute IPA oh, and it, it feels like it was so long ago now and the fact that you just said 2019 I was just like yeah well we only had about a year before the uh, pandemic hit um and so yeah it's uh, it was kind of real boom then uh, then kind of burst you know um yeah kind of on a trajectory on a really great trajectory and then and then uh everything kind of went a bit down the pan yeah so you you haven't got your own facility have you you cuckoo brew is that correct we uh we have cuckoo brew in the past we actually okay. currently contract brew um okay. we were cuckoo brewing for the first kind of year and a bit um and then i um what I was I had a baby and that gets in the way of quite a lot of things like making beer Um, (laughs) we were also in the middle of a pandemic I had Mm -hmm. two other children that I was trying to homeschool and generally keeping some kind of vague control of Um, and uh, to be honest cuckoo brewing fell by the wayside something had to give Um, otherwise I was going to have a nervous breakdown Um, (laughs) I don't and blame so, you. I'm thinking yeah. of that. Like yeah. the balance just, maps already. I'm feeling stressful <laughs> just from listening to Yeah, I'm to stressed it. out. <laughs> <laughs> I was quite stressed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, um, we, we went from cookie brewing to um, contract brewing. And now we are doing that. It's actually freed up a lot of my time to be able to focus more on actually getting our own facility up and running. Okay. Um, so, so although contract brewing was never part of the plan, it's certainly not part of the long-term plan. It's a, it's a quite a good kind of means to an end for us at the moment. Oh, that's good. Um, so, if someone doesn't know what cookie brewing or what contract brewing is, can you give us a little rundown of what that is? Oh yeah. So, so cookie brewing is where you um, go in someone else's brewery, you brew the beer yourself. Um, often with you know a bit of help from people from their team who you know understand the kit and how it all works but um, you know kind of they know it all in and out and then you use their tanks and then you um, uh, get the beer from them and you've kind of had some had some kind of part to play in making it yourself okay Um, contract brewing is a kind of different different thing because you just ask somebody to brew your beer and you pay them for it and then they make it um so although we contract brew 
our beer at the moment. All of the recipes are our own. All of the beer styles are our own. Um, it's we kind of we don't we don't exactly hand over the recipe because they understand you know the how their kit works and how to get the best out of their kit because you know all, all kits are kind of work slightly differently and and water profiles and you know every, every brewery is works quite differently but we work with with the brew team to make sure that the beer is how we want it to be and then they brew it we don't have anything to do with it and we have it sent to our warehouse at the end of the process okay does that um does that kind of dictate what you brew like either process does that dictate what you can brew and and how much you can brew um to be honest contract brewing is is a bit more flexible because often places will have a kind of um set kind of amount that they want to contract brew per month we i i give our facility a kind of production schedule for the year because i can generally predict you know kind of give or take a bit how much we're going to want to brew over the course of the year um and what what kind of thing we're going to be brewing throughout the year um and so they just book in that that volume for us at the times that we want it and and it generally works quite smoothly cookie brewing can be a bit more challenging because often you're kind of fitting in around um other people's production schedules and it's a bit it's a bit more informal Hmm. Um, so we were reading on your website about how you have seasonality within your beers and and what you brew um how how do you pick what you're going to brew for those uh yeah to be, to be honest that copy could do it's updated being updated slightly <laughs> on the website <laughs> because that's not, that's not exactly less how we work anymore okay Fair. um we do have a core uh, a core range we're only actually producing one of our core beers at the moment because after the pandemic we just kind of went with the one that sold the most yeah um, and we're just kind of focusing on that at the moment which is our apa which sells really well love that one this is such a great beer <laughs> it's a really I good just, beer I find, you know it's what i find it quite hard to drink anything else because i like that so much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always have it in our house i think well maybe i'm one of our best customers um, <laughs> i like to think people like packing orders and they're like who's this one? oh it's another uh, one oh, James. Yeah. No, it's James. <laughs> um uh yeah so our apa we always make um and then we kind of do specials throughout the year kind of uh we plan to do we plan to do a certain amount per year and then occasionally we'll end up with an extra one for whatever reason yeah um the text when you're home was never planned um but it was a beer that kind of felt like i needed to make um and so that was just kind of squeezed in um and and yeah it's 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 a bit reactive and it's a bit planned okay <laughs> how many i'm i'm really curious so like in terms of cause obviously now they have contract brewing how many staff members do you have is it literally just you are there multiple people that that sort of help you or there are two of us in mothership there's myself and zoe um zoe heads up all the sales side of things um and i head up production marketing um design that kind of thing when you were doing the cuckoo brewing was it still just the two of you or did you have other sort of staff members doing the brewing 
part of it as well was it literally no that was me. just you just yeah. you on your own that yeah. is now I can understand why the idea of going to the contract room is probably making it so much less stressful as yeah. well so you can say I now I can't even... understand why it takes you so long to apply to an email <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no. We I are do, all I busy do. people. <laughs> emails come when emails come. If it helped, I didn't do any of the emails, so I have no <laughs> idea about any of that. Um, but no, I was just going to say, like, now I understand why it was even more so stressful for you because <laughs> yeah. I think, like, two people trying to do everything already on top of kids, on top of COVID, on top yeah. of everything, like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't superhero. That's superhero status. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've got a lot on, and you know, I work really hard. But um, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about what I do, and I believe in it. And I think it's worth. I think it's worth it. Yeah. So I saw if I've got this right from your website, your your background was in winemaking. Is that right? Uh, my background was in winemaking. Yes. It was. Uh, <laughs> I did. Um, I worked as a winemaker's assistant when I was at school and college um, in my local winery, um, which was Chapel Down. I think you're you're based in Kent, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah. It, to be honest, it was a labourer's job at the time. It was not. There was nothing glamorous to it in the slightest. <laughs> um, but I just really loved it. I did it one summer um, and I just never really left. Um, and it was, it was just the process really that I, that I fell in love with and the, the, the kind of steps that you go through to, to make something. It wasn't even about the thing that you made. It was about the making of it. And I am, a, I am a maker. I can't help it. Um, it's in my, I think it's in my blood to make things Um and yeah, and and making wine at that point was uh, something that I that I really enjoyed and kind of latched onto. And then, and yeah, that outside of the job, I was making kind of fairly shocking hedgerow wines and uh, <laughs> just experimenting with it, really seeing what I could make. Um, I still can't drink Sauvignon Blanc after a particularly bad batch of uh, homebrew kind of oh, no. kits type thing that I uh, <laughs> made. And then because I was a student, I uh, determinedly drunk it. Oh, all. no. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to let it go to waste, am I? Might as well, well exactly. Just love it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't fussy age 18. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so, yeah, I've, I've kind of homebrewed all my life, you know, 20 years now. Um, and, yeah, probably about 10 years ago, I got into making beer, um, bought my husband a homebrew kit, thinking he'd love it, um, and he wasn't interested in the slightest. <laughs> That's, and... That makes me laugh. I love that. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> I thought, you know, he loves cooking, he loves beer. Yeah, it's like cooking. He's a creative type. No. Just sat in a cupboard for almost a year. I think it was about to go out of date. And I thought, well, if you're not going to do this, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I did it. And I, I immediately realised the kind of potential um, for kind of creativity and in, in beer making and the, the permutations and combinations and all the different things you could tweak and fiddle with to affect flavours. And, and and I just I found, I fell in love with the process again, all over again. And I just, you know, I had I knew a lot of the kind of principles from from my winemaking days and and yeah I just kind of worked with them a bit 
to uh to work out how to make beer and yeah and and you know even across over like that that brute ipa I, I mean i made that before i made it commercially just as an experiment using champagne yeast um see you know just because that, that's what i did at the time is just like oh Try this. Doesn't really matter. Chuck this in, see what happens. Yeah, it's only twenty-five <laughs> liters. Not like I'm throwing <laughs> ten hex. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I do that on ten hex liters. <laughs> <laughs> that must be like. I feel like I'd be so like the first time that you that you make something creative. Like, were you just super nervous? Like, I feel like I'd be so nervous about how it was going to come out, even though it's just for you on a, on a small batch. It's just for you, and if it fails, you know, I say fails, not fails, but if it doesn't come out the way it's intended you know no one's gonna know but you but are you not still I feel like I'd be so stressed about it like Joe you you homebrew so like do you when you put the recipes together you're like oh what if it doesn't land the way it's supposed to I'm not less concerned about it because I, I do five litre batches my first few I was just like I don't want to get an infection I don't want it to be bad but now I'm just like I'll chuck that in see what happens yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be drinkable that's the best way yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to go you know really 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 wrong yeah yeah you can't go really really wrong really as long as you've kept everything clean you're going to get something that's drinkable it might not be exactly what you wanted yeah but it'll be drinkable if it doesn't work out just call it a sour beer yeah exactly (laughs) i I meant to do that it's an experimental it's an experimental beer which no one's seen yet (laughs) no that's i thought that was really interesting um just the fact that like how I don't know I've gone on like winery tours and stuff like that but I don't know too much about it like when it comes to that how similar actually is that process as a, as a person that's done both would you say they are fairly fairly similar enough that if you know one you could probably like your way into the other or are they just worlds apart they're, they're not worlds apart but they're not that similar um I would say there's similar principles uh like kind of the importance of cleanliness as uh, kind of main main one um, you know the the action of of yeast and how you kind of get the best out of yeast, um, but but the 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 process of kind of extracting wort and stuff like that is is not something that you deal with in in wine making. But yeah, there, there's principles that that cross over. But yeah, it's been a long long time since I've had anything to do with wine making. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. You've got some really interesting combinations of flavours in your beers. Like I was a big fan of the cardamom and rose summer stout um, and the forage sea salt and watermelon beer. Like how how are you coming up with those combinations? Oh, uh, yeah, just in my head, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just Let kind of think of something it. and think, oh, that could be nice. Give that yeah. a go. And uh, yeah, we've got a big one coming out soon. Oh, I'm not going to oh. see what it is. But it's uh, it's pretty radical. Oh, I'm excited and, uh, for that. I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm sli- excited and slightly nervous. Um, but I think it's going to be good. I'll buy um, it. But yeah, a lot, a lot of it is just kind of in my head. Yeah. As, Do you think the love the... mothership just comes out of my head? <laughs> Do you think the wine making influences any of that, or is it just makers going to make? <laughs> makers going to make. Yeah yeah I can't help I'm a it. maker as well yeah I'm just like what can I make yeah <laughs> what can happen if I, just, I do this I'm just like thinking like oh do you just eat a melon one day and you're like this is gonna be like let's just put this in a beer like I just do you get inspired with the watermelon goes actually I remember that one I had a uh had a cucumber sour 
in a in a my local beer shop beer shop in Nunhead and um I was drinking it and thought oh this this would be could work really well if it's watermelon I was like oh and if it was a goza hmm yeah I like the sound of that <laughs> but basically I make beers so I think oh yeah I quite like to drink that yeah um, yeah and then I feel I like that's the best way isn't it just yeah. drink beers that you want to drink <laughs> yeah and then hope that everyone else wants to drink them as well exactly <laughs> it's a bit of a gamble it's, but it's something that's a bit I think unique and refreshing that I think people will want at least try it because it is something that is just so different from what other people are doing yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah okay. and that the watermelon goza that was uh I think that was our first charity beer and um and the the forage sea salt was a kind of way that I wanted to ta- use the beer to tell that story the charity was for women for refugee women I wanted to use the beer to tell that story in a kind of you know even like three-dimensional way like you tell the story through words and you tell the story through the product and and yeah that that involved a trip to Margate bucket full of seawater just <laughs> Do you know what? Because I, I was thinking about what well, that's the first year that I got involved in International Women's Collaboration Brew Day. And I went up uh, to Wildcard and brewed with them, but I wanted to home brew something at home. And I nearly went to Margate and got some seawater. And oh, really? I, got, I nearly did it. And then I ended up doing something different. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I couldn't believe how much salt you get out of a bucket of seawater. Is it a lot? So much. So oh. much. As it was boiling, I was thinking, I'm not going to get anything out of here. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I don't know how to go back to Margate again. <laughs> Get another bucket. Water. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, for, so just for people, because obviously you guys both homebrew, you guys both know all these kind of things. I don't homebrew. For anybody else that doesn't homebrew, how how does that work? Like taking a bucket of seawater and getting getting the salt out of it? Is it literally just boiling it, it and then you boiling. catch the salt somewhere? Yeah, the, the salt just kind of appears. It just uh, really. Yeah, Have you never done that experiment in uh, in no. science where you boil salt water no. and then so the water evaporates and then it just leaves the salt. You have to you have to boil it for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I've never literally. Maybe <laughs> it's just U.S. schools. We just don't do that. I don't know. But <laughs> maybe that's literally... what we were talking about doing a foraged beer, weren't we? Because you want to do some brewing. So maybe we'll go. Maybe you need to come yeah. down to me. We'll go to Margate and get some seawater, and we'll forage some sea salt, and that's what we can use. There we go. Yeah, done. Done deal. We just keep planning podcast beers now. This is the second one now. Oh, very nice. (laughs) All because I've got to teach Tori. Normally, we try to sell people on. We normally try to sell people on pumpkin, pumpkin spice. Um, This time, we're like, let's 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 figure out. You're not not into pumpkin spice. (laughs) No, 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 I'm not. (laughs) That's just the last thing. It's all right. It's a tough sell. Yeah. We think we've got werewolf beer on on uh, maybe on, that's because he's American, okay, so he gets yeah. he gets me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so your your chat. We we'll go back to the charity beers. That I they're they're really exciting. I think I think. Um, how do you come? How do you decide? Is it the story that makes you decide what causes you're going to go for, or are there other other ways that you you come up with which charities and which causes you want to brew um, for? The uh, well, to be honest, there's no real set way. Um, the uh, the Women for Refugee Women beer was um, a beer that I uh, was a charity that I just really wanted to support personally. Um, 
and so I so I kind of worked out a beer to to do that. Um, the seeds of hope was I think I think we um, originally decided we were going to do two charity beers a year. So I think seeds of hope was the second one. Um, that was the peach pale ale, and um, that was um, we uh, we supported Black Girls Camping Trip for that um, because it was around the time of the um, of the uh, big kind of support around the Black Lives Matter movement, and we wanted to um, support a black owned uh, or black run charity so that was um why we chose that one and and also generally try to support kind of smaller kind of grassroots type charities where we feel that the money kind of will make a a real difference to them Mm. um and and yeah so that's how we've chosen those charities and then the text when you're home that was a charity beer and that was we chose that charity because it was just relevant to the cause that we were um that we were focusing on with that beer yeah i think we're i think we're all that cause is close to all of our hearts i've got it here actually for those yeah watching the video. oh amazing um so i bought two and we tori and i were going to drink it on but i've still got tories <laughs> i've got to oh, give it to her at the weekend so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna drink it together at the weekend and we'll we'll do a little review of it and put that on the end of this interview oh yeah yeah, um, yeah so she, she was she was going to send it to me yeah um but then what happened is she's actually going to come to mine at the yeah. weekend and then she thought oh I'll just bring the beers I had for you and then she said are, are you good to record you know on Wednesday and I was like uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh I don't have the beer I was like oh yeah, I've got the beer <laughs> it's fine <laughs> probably it's probably quicker because then we can sit we can have a nice we can sit and really drink it and well yeah. I was gonna say Stop for background it. purposes then um for anyone that doesn't know what the charity is there um, do you want to just give a quick explanation of what the charity is in case people can't figure it out? <laughs> yeah, so Text When Your Home came out, uh, came about as a result of the uh, uh, kidnap, rape and murder of Sarah Everard and the kind of uprising that followed. And it was it was uh, it it affected me really deeply. I felt kind of horrified by it and just so, so upset. And it made me do a lot of thinking. And I guess the thing that I thought was how sad I was that I had been conditioned to believe that it was okay that I was frightened, that I lived with fear regularly in my life and I was just kind of used to it and it was just okay and it's not okay it's not okay to for women to feel afraid and it's not okay for for women to walk home with their keys in their hand and to to be you know shouted at from the from cars when you're walking to pick your kids up from school and to have someone ride their bike next to you when you're out on a jog and just shout obscene stuff at you. None of that stuff is okay. And I just didn't even really realise. And I was just really upset by it. 
And I'm still upset by it now. And every time yeah. I talk about this beer, I get upset. Sorry. No, that's, but, that's more yeah. than more than valid. <laughs> like, yeah, that is, I, yeah, I think it yeah. goes without saying it's more than valid. I mean, even yeah. even you saying that, like I think about I walk the dog, I walk my I've got a dog, I walk my dog. Um not even a long path it's about I don't know 30 minutes door to door sort of thing loops into the woods off of a main road and back out of the woods again and it is even that thing of like the instinct of when someone I know this like today perfect example today there was someone that came onto the path further down the path and I sort of like turned around and I was like oh, okay totally normal looking looking guy like there was nothing no militia there he was just going for a walk and yeah my dog stopped on the side to do a pee as she does and obviously this guy got closer and I was just like conch like unconsciously continuing to look being like all right let me just walk and make sure this person's not doing anything dodgy and then they walked by and I was like yeah what am I like I feel I I felt stupid for for having that but then I thought like no like it's crazy because I feel like I'm not the only person that does this I'm not the yeah, only person that does that. Definitely not. Like, how many times have you walked down? Yeah, you're like, well, right, I'm going to go back to my car, yeah. wear my keys, put my keys. Every I, woman, every woman keys, has had yeah. their keys in their hand. Like, speak to how many men can say, I've done something to protect myself while I've been walking back to my car? A yeah. very, very tiny percentage where almost every woman that you speak to will be like, yeah, I've crossed I've the road. Every time, when there's, been out yeah, every was, time I've been out, I've yeah. got my keys ready, yeah. I've got my phone ready. I've got um I've got and you know you always say to your friends I still do it now text yep. me when you're home text me when you get home always yeah always which is yeah perfect name for perfect name for a beer for that you know yeah. cause and yeah it's it's yeah but definitely close to our hearts and and I thought that was you know I thought it was worth asking you to explain it um yeah. to give some more context and I think yeah it's it's I think I feel like everyone's kind of valid for being outraged over over that yeah. situation so don't even to be honest, I, was, I was nervous about releasing the beer because I was worried that people would think I was you know it's like a publicity stunt or um you know trying to make money off of it which yeah. you know we didn't make any money off it anyway <laughs> that's another story <laughs> um but um I was really overwhelmed actually by the support that that I got from from you know everybody who saw the beer and tried the beer and and yeah it was it really meant a lot to me to have to have that support because yeah it was a nerve-wracking moment when I pressed send on that first insta post announcing it thinking I don't know how this is gonna go it's going into the unknown isn't it because yeah. especially on social media where it can be more of a volatile like you have people jumping on and doing things in certain spaces that it's just no way to know how something's going to land so you know yeah. well well done for just going I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to do it hate, hate is going to hate that's yeah. fine yeah <laughs> but when it's something that's so personal to you like mm. just, yeah. yeah yeah no I think this is I think this is <laughs> yeah. amazing so it's a vulnerable side that it's, it's everyone's afraid to kind of put their vulnerable side out there. So, so yeah, well done. When it, when it comes to your charity beers out of curiosity, like, do you go name and charity first or do you do the beer style first or is it just kind of mix and match over which one? It do mix you do? and match, to be honest. Um, the, uh, the, often the beer is, the beer style is kind of a bit of a whim of what I feel like making at the time um and then the uh the charity is yeah often what I, what I feel like supporting <laughs> <it>. Fair. 
Um, I think you you guys, ha- if I've got it right, you guys have done a women's collaboration brew day before. Is that right? Yep, absolutely. The uh, the uh, watermelon goza was a um, women's collaboration brew day. Um, I think we did not. I think Codebreaker was as well, actually. Our, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, New England double IPA. Yeah. So I, th- I thought the Codebreaker was. Yeah. Um, are, are there any plans in future to be, obviously post post COVID, with things going back to normal? I, I use quotes for that because it's whatever whatever normal is now, yeah. and we just don't know. But with things going returning to the way they or trying to return to the way they were do do you have any plans to try to do more women's collaboration brew days or is it a bit more difficult now because of the contract brewing situation quite challenging at the moment because the contract brewing situation um but yeah I'm hoping that we're not going to be contract brewing for many more women's collaboration brew days (laughs) (laughs) maybe one at the most yeah um but yeah it's something that we will always we will always try and be part of because it's such a such a such a great event in the beer calendar it's you know it's, for me it's the highlight um it's uh yeah such a such a fantastic thing to be part of and the sisterhood is so strong oh it's such um, a it's such an amazing day yeah yeah I've never done one because oh, I, I didn't you, yeah I'm dragging I, I didn't know they were a thing I didn't know <laughs> that they were a thing if I'm honest um just because like I think the one thing Joe and I've talked about this before the one thing that I think covid kind of did for me anyways was i always enjoyed beer i always enjoyed drinking beer but covid kind of forced me to find a community around beer because mm-hmm. my friends that are i guess pre-covid friends i should say because i have a lot more friends now um they were not craft beer drinking people um my husband will drink it but again like he just kind of goes to the flow whatever i'm drinking he'll he'll have that as well um but our friends are very much more like, you know, just the, you know, go to the supermarket, get whatever's there, just have that sort of, you know, fosters. They're happy with that sort of thing. They they yeah. don't want to venture into anything <laughs> craft at all. Um, but I I think because of COVID, I was forced to look for a community elsewhere of people to bond over when we're all stuck in our homes. And I found like so many amazing people in the craft beer community. And from there, I learned so much more about events and activities that were going on because I never really knew about those things. I didn't know that there was like a women's collaboration brew day. I knew about International Women's Day. I never knew that there was collaboration brew day until sort of COVID had me meet more people. And Joe, who was like, yeah, I went and I did collaboration brew day (laughs) here and there. And then because of that, though, because of COVID, I also couldn't get out and do one of those events. (laughs) So it's really sad. Yeah, I think, yeah, we're going to drag you to one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to do them in the future. They're a lot of fun. The wildcard ones are, uh, I've never been to a wildcard one, but they look pretty epic. Yeah, they're they're pretty mad. (laughs) I spent my first one, I spent the entire day just cleaning lemon peel. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, for the the beer that they made. Um, And I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) So you're just standing there with a bunch of women, just like, we we had a little production line going, like they were cutting the lemons and then juicing the lemons and then someone was peeling the zest off and then we were cleaning the zest and it was yeah. just like just that quite a kind of amazing metaphor of being part of something that's yeah. so bigger than, than yourself absolutely you know, in the beer and in the uh and in the concept of the brew day yeah and just getting to meet all these women that are just so invested in beer and and love it so much it was the camaraderie was amazing I loved yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely 
I hear, I hear you talk about it, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so gutted. We'll get you to work, don't worry. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you to another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. All things, all things helping. Um, so obviously, you do make quite a lot of creative beers. If if you could make, what is the most like wild creative combination that you would like love to be able to try to make into a beer? Even if you like, it's it doesn't matter how well you think it's going to sell, but like the most wild creation that you'd want to see in a bit to be honest this one that we've got i've got coming out next and i can't tell you what it is i was gonna say don't tell don't don't say what it is and and it's not to be honest it's not it's not the kind of beer that i would normally drink okay um but just i was just just the sound of it just sounded so wild i just thought just yeah let's do it let's do it (laughs) Now you're making me like, I know, I'm so, how long I'm, until I'm, this beer is coming out? I'm, I'm really excited for it. <laughs> I want to know what it is so bad. It's been packaged first week of August. There you go. We need to look forward. Oh, everybody keep Not that long of a wait for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those beers that's, uh, to describe the name of it, it's got about 10 words. <laughs> oh, one of those brilliant ones. It's a Cloudwater named beer. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's brilliant I'm I'm like literally like oh how many what's the countdown until we find out what it is I'm so excited um what what I guess my last question Joe you probably have got a lot more questions but my last question is kind of um what has beer kind of meant to you in your life um can I rephrase that as to what has kind of brewing meant to yeah you yeah to be honest, beer is is a fairly fair relatively new thing to my life I guess um but have it as well as being a long lifelong homebrew myself my parents have homebrewed my entire life oh, wow so I remember um as a very young child there being kind of demijohns of various terrible looking wines homebrew <laughs> wines on, on left on the window ledge of all places I mean I think pretty sure my parents used to drink them as well but They'd make uh, there's there's a there's a kind of classic family story for my family about when uh, my parents made parsnip wine, and uh, it was so un- it was so undrinkable they used it as antifreeze in the car. <laughs> oh no! I've seen a parsnip beer recipe actually that I was going to give a go. Maybe I'll give yeah. that a miss now. I mean, I don't know what possessed them. <laughs> uh, you know, this, uh, these are the kind of people that brought me up. So maybe you. Can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I am where your creativity where your creativity has come from <laughs> um, yeah that and the drinking <laughs> <laughs> I think that's brilliant um yeah so so you know ever since I can remember brewing has been part of my life and um my both my brother's home brew it's just I don't know something that we've just been brought up with and have just you know all all run with and I think probably I've take just taken it to the biggest extreme (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so and then when I worked at the at the Chapel Down Winery that was a kind of an extension of of you know I I, it wasn't a completely foreign concept to me although they don't make much parsnip wine at uh, Chapel Down. Did you go in here and go the recipes they're all wrong there's no parsnips (laughs) you're getting it wrong (laughs) Um, yeah so and and so as well as it kind of being a kind of constant theme throughout my entire life um 
it has been a real kind of creative output for me as well um as somebody who's kind of you know everything I do really is is I mean to be honest everything everything everyone does is creative but you know I, I kind of really value that and try to try to kind of embrace it as much as I can and um and yeah so it's been it's been a great creative output for me as as well as uh, um you know kind of enjoyable hobby and yeah I, I believe in a uh, a daily making practice I don't know Joe, if you're a maker as well you probably yeah. daily make um and so I, I kind of can't now can't live without my daily make even if it's kind of 10 minutes of, of something at, at the end of the day um I uh I try and I try and make something every day and I think it's really good for your soul and for your spirit I'd recommend anyone else to try it, it doesn't have to be good most of the things I make are rubbish <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah it's good to, good to something to try and challenge yourself with so yeah it's always it's, you know been part of my daily make throughout the years if somebody wants to try like adopting that process like what kind of things do you recommend someone trying to make (laughs) well uh i uh i uh, i kind of uh uh like scattergun make so i'm kind of not very good at lots of things um (laughs) 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 over uh, over um lockdown i tried my hand at uh crocheting little kind of figures dolls and things I don't even know how you pronounce the word. I've read it so many times. Like am- amaguri. Oh, the amaguri stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Amaguri, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've made a few uh, amaguri things. They take they take me about like kind of three months to make even the smallest <laughs> things. I literally do like ten minutes a night, and I'm quite yeah. excited. <laughs> um, I uh, make music sometimes. I've uh, uh, been learning ukulele. Oh, um, cool. Again, not very good. And just because I just do like 10 minutes a night every every few nights and yeah. usually the children grab it off me and smash it around. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, that kind of thing. To be honest, I'm not, I'm not particularly bothered about being good at anything. Um, I just like to kind of have a go at stuff and, and yeah. No, that's brilliant. And Joe, did you have anything else that you wanted to sort of ask before we go to the next bit? So other than the beer that shall not be named... <laughs> <laughs> what what else is next for mothership um lots of there's lots of things next for mothership it's a kind of i feel like it's a really exciting time for mothership mm. at the moment because um i um i personally am having a bit more time freed up um my baby is now less of a baby and the start is going to a child minders for a couple of days a week um and so, yes, yeah, so up until like two weeks ago, I've been doing full time childcare. Mm. Um, and so, yes, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to kind of moving things forward. We're speaking to a business consultant who's try- kind of trying to help us learn how to actually run a business um, properly, which, you know, up until now, it's been a bit kind of make beer, sell beer. And yeah. and. I, I gather there's more to running a business than that. <laughs> Supposedly so. <laughs> so they tell me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and we're we're looking at kind of growing and getting our own facility, um, and yeah, kind of becoming bigger and and better, and working with more amazing women, and. Um, yeah just kind of spreading our message as far and as wide as we can really because because yeah I, I believe 
that our message is important. And um, I think that if we didn't do all we could to spread it to as many people as possible, we would be doing ourselves and the message a disservice. So, yeah, I, I, I want us to, to continue to grow and to continue to make great beers. Will you bring back the Brut IPA? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> Will that happen? <laughs> You'd be surprised at how many times I get asked that, so probably we should, yeah. Oh, honestly, that's it. Every time someone says, every time someone says, oh, Brut IPA is overrated, I was like, you've obviously never had mothership, so. <laughs> See, that's good. a you problem. <laughs> yeah, it was really Not a style good. problem, that's a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant okay so for people that haven't heard this segment of our podcast before um we like to try to challenge our brewers if they would like to accept it um and read the description of some of your beers that are on untapped and see if you can name which of your beers it is jane are you up for the challenge I'm up for it. I'm not saying I'm going to be any good at it, but I'm up for it. <laughs> it's really funny, like, how many people we've done this with yeah. that have said that, and they've ended up, like, doing really well, except I think Charlotte it. from Phantom, she was like, I studied for this. Yeah, like, she, she, she was, was like, ready. I was, I was ready. She, like, studied. <laughs> I'm actually worried I'm going to forget some of our, what some of our beers even worse as well. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> It's all right. How many did Eddie Manning got, and Matt get? He got two. <laughs> yeah, Matt only got two. How many did we thought? And four? I know that he should have known one of one yeah. of the ones he got wrong. Yeah, we do out of four. So yeah, we do out of four. Out of four. Okay. So it's Maybe. fine. It's not the end of the world. It's just a bit fun. <laughs> Hit me with it. Right. Shall I go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. A summer beer for those who like to break the rules and running through a field of wheat doesn't cut it. We've given the traditional stout a twist by adding some bulb flavours and a bit more fizz. Oh, that's easy. Cardamom and Rose Summer Stout. Yay! That's one of my faves. So I'll go, okay. I'll go with mine. And uh, again, I'm going to start off a bit easy. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> um, she's an easy lover, so Phil Collins once said. And there's nothing more lovable than this easy drinking pale ale. And I can't read the rest of yeah. it because it will be really obvious yeah. if I do. Um. That, I think, is your favourite brute IPA. It is indeed, because the <laughs> next line is, we brewed our bubbly brute with champagne yeast. <laughs> and I thought, I can't read the rest of this. <laughs> well done. That's that's two out of two. So already you're on par with, with the lowest person. So it's fine. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> right, hang on, I'm trying to find one that isn't too obvious. Oh, yeah, I was going to do this one. Um, dry hopped with Amarillo and Mandarina Bavera hops for a fruity burst, building to a crisp, winning finish. First place freshness. First place freshness. Yeah, hmm, I know that one. Uh, that is our uh, lager, unfiltered lager. Well done. There you go. You've already beat somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. This final is going to be the final one. Which okay. could put you in a three-way tie for first. Yep, for first place. Okay. Uh, we have we still haven't figured out a tiebreaker yet. No. So if you do <laughs> a three-way tie for first, we don't know what happens. This is unprecedented. We never expected this to happen. Um, so the description is: imagine rich, smooth chocolate gently melting under a tropical sun. Our chocolate porter, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> brewed with dark malt has a low bitterness and medium body lightly toasted chocolate hit 
lush tropical fruit hops balance out chocolate drinkable seasonal special bring your own paper umbrella bring your own paper umbrella uh tropical chocolate water (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think i i i was fairly confident when i got to the bit of this chocolate porter yeah i've got a feeling she's gonna get this and then it followed up with the tropical fruits i was like yeah yeah i think she's definitely gonna get this the bit of giveaway that one yeah yeah your descriptions are very descriptive i just read it thinking oh okay the beginning sounds really good i'll go with this one and then middle and i was like oh no unprecedented yeah just give me the first five words see if i get it (laughs) <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to learn for next time yeah. you've got very like your your descriptions really tell the story of what's in the can like some of these descriptions are on untapped are a bit more fluffy oh uh, okay <laughs> they're uh, yeah yeah try to yeah try to go into like a bit of the beer but also a bit of the vibe mm. yeah i like it they do tell a story love it good yeah we're all about storytelling here at mothership yeah, I think it's important to uh, tell a story. Definitely. So yeah, that's, um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to say before we finish? No, I don't think so. I think so. Just, uh, thank you to everybody who supports Mothership. And uh, yeah, it means a lot. And um, got great things coming. Including excited. some excited. <laughs> so all. If if people, yeah, she's got the shirt on. <laughs> got the t-shirt on. <laughs> if if people want to find you, mothership yes. or or anything, yeah, anything you I want to plug, mostly hang around Instagram these days on uh, mothership.beer. Um, uh, our website also mothership.beer. Facebook mothership.beer. Get the get the idea. <laughs> yeah. Make it easy. Easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, come and say hi. It's always always happy to chat to anyone fantastic that's brilliant thank you so much for your time yeah thank you for your time thank you thank you for having me you're welcome very nice chat (laughs) that was our lovely discussion with jane from mothership um isn't she lovely very lovely lovely um we've already poured our beer because we tried to record this and it didn't record so we're going to start again mine recorded the audio yeah. but joanne was responsible no. for the video and the video did not start. start so here we so, go we're going to try again well yeah what we can say is the head was very lively the first time around yeah. i mean if you're watching the video i'll do a little pour. i don't think it's going to come through the way it did the first time it oh, is. oh it is <laughs> It so is. it is. So we are drinking. We are now drinking. Text me when you are home. Um, this beer and its cause is very close to us here at the podcast, being uh, people that identify as women, um, because we have, as we said in the interview, been in the types of situations where we have sent friends home and we have said, "Text me when you get home." Um, so this beer on the back it says, "For too long, women have been taking the longer route home." Keys clutched in their fist. They have made sure not to dress too provocatively. Don't make eye contact because you wouldn't want to give them the wrong impression, right? We believe that women of all ages have the right to walk where they like, dress how they like. We believe that women have the right to live without fear. Amen to that. Um, So we have this beer to taste for you today. It is a 6% IPA. It is hazy yellow. And it has got a very lively, bubbly, white, rocky head there. Um, I feel like I want to put a flake in it. Yeah, because it's like a nice, firm. It's a very firm. Yeah, and it lasts, definitely. Yeah. 
Um, it has got massive peach and stone fruit and tropical on the aroma. Not really any uh, vegetal hop in there that I can get anything of. And I think to be fair, it does carry through to the taste. But I think yeah. the thing is, like in the smell, you don't get the hoppiness in the smell as much as you do in the taste. Yeah, like you do get hoppiness in the taste. Yeah, mm. there's a touch of bitterness just to balance out that that sweet peach. Um, but I get a bit of like peach cobbler so it's not biscuit but it's u.s biscuit yeah so, so yeah it's like scone <laughs> we we explained there was biscuit but it wasn't it's not biscuit, biscuit. it was like u.s biscuit yeah it's like, it like scone. the scone topping of a cobbler so it's not quite doughy it's not quite biscuity it's that bit in between and peach that's what i get from this it's very refreshing yeah, it's it's quite lovely. Like I feel like it's really hot out at the moment. Yeah, and today was really hot. Uh, and yeah, it's just that like refreshing little fruity bit that sort of helps you get through the heat, really. Yeah, and um, it's, it's quite nice. And uh, yeah, I think the the back writing on the can really speaks to me. I know it really speaks to you. Yeah. Um, I think we've all had our own experiences with that and, the, and you know first time around we were talking about the whole self-policing thing we did mention you Nicola uh Nicola, yeah, Bottomley, Nicola Bottomley. and the conversations that we had over the women on tap festival yeah. about the whole self-policing situation and it's it's quite um it is quite frustrating to have that experience of like oh did I dress the wrong way did I do this the wrong way you know what did I do if something happens to you I feel like a lot of times with women it, it does become the oh you know what have I done that was wrong situation um and so I think like the back the way this is written the back of this can in my opinion is quite perfect yeah and um and and I think the the thing is, is I think a lot of men don't understand that that's how we view it from our side and that's our experience and we said the first time around like that's not it's not that we're saying that all men feel that way or that no men understand the issue um but i think there are so many that don't understand about how much self-policing that we have to do just to feel comfortable to go out for a night of drinks with our friends. Um, and yeah, I think this bit, everything about this beer for me, the taste is perfect. The message is perfect. The writing on the can is, is perfect. And, you know, I don't know your thoughts on it, but yeah. that's how I feel. I think this is, it sends a message and it has a story behind it. Um, and a donation is sure. everything. It's yeah. totally our ethos. And a donation from each sale of this beer goes to Rosa, which is a grant-making charity that funds grassroots women's organisations working to make the UK a fairer, safer place for women and girls. So go to your local bottle shop, go on to Mothership's website, that will be in the show notes, uh, get yourself this beer and donate to an amazing cause that is close to this podcast's heart. And Jane's absolutely lovely Jane's as well. Amazing. That conversation yeah. was um, amazing with her. What she said about this beer was really amazing. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what the, the new beer yeah. is that's coming out the because we don't be genuinely named. we don't know. Like no. she didn't give anything no. away. Um so I'm really curious about that. Um but she was just so lovely, like I felt like I needed to keep my cool. I felt like there were so many times I was stumbling over my words because I was like, She's so cool and I don't want to look like an idiot so like just be cool just be cool um and and i think i was anything but cool on that because i was like focused so much on like she's you so cool like, just be cool um but yeah no i think anything i can do to support i, I want the brute the brute ipa to come back so we're doing like hashtag 
brute brute comeback. comeback now we're gonna Hashtag rival comeback. andy's mm-hmm. bipper comeback i'm gonna make a brute comeback <laughs> if i could be bothered enough i'm gonna make a brute comeback <laughs> mainly because of mothership because yes. mothership did it so yes. well um got to that i just don't see more from them because yeah. they, they can only produce like so much in one go yes, obviously they are the whole conversation brewery. but um they just make such good beers and their brutal ipa is amazing yes so yeah interested to see more from them yeah so, excited yeah people if people want to talk to you about being a maker where can people find you um if you'd like to talk to me about being a maker i am a woman's brew on facebook instagram and twitter if you'd like to see it, find my beer school is love beer learning and that is on facebook instagram and twitter we also have uh, a tiktok account and pinterest and we have a website that is lovebeerlearning.co.uk or you can email us lovebeerlearning at gmail.com and we will pick up emails for the podcast there. Where can they find you? People want to talk to me, share their experiences, mm. drop me a DM. My DMs are always open if you want to share something personal or you just want me to listen. You can vent to me. I'm not going to, you know, no judgment zone, no criticism. Feel free to talk to me all you want about your experiences, um, especially where it relates to this beer or any anything otherwise. Um, you can find me. I'm not on Pinterest. I'm not on any of those things. But you yeah. can find me on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism. So, until next time, Joe. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.